0: Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads Podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar
1: and Laura Sturm. So welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads Podcast, episode 40 Woohoo! We turn a master today.
0: <laughs> we are we are a master now. We're a master's we are, podcast now. We
1: are masters. And actually, yeah, I really am. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Laura Stern. That, Josh, that's when you introduce yourself.
0: Oh, and I'm Josh Rohr. <laughs> Sorry. I'm new at this.
1: It's Monday. It's pretty hard. So, reminder that we are streaming live while we record each week. We are recording now on Monday at noon Eastern Time on Instagram Live at PL Ballads Podcast. Join in on the conversation. Send us a uh, thumbs up, like, whatever you do in Instagram these days. I'm not even sure. I'm not on Instagram anymore. Um, and also check out Team Roar on Instagram for all of your powerlifting coaching needs. So powerlifting and power ballads. But we're going to go right into power ballads today. Oh, yeah. So um, we were going to talk about the top five albums for both of us from the 80s. And this is such a hard thing, right? I, and I had five listed and I wrote them down and then I kept changing them like all the time. I'd be listening to the to different albums. Then I'd be like, oh no, this one's better. No, this one's better. And then I started listening to this one journey song and I'm like, oh man, journey should be on there, right? So I look up some journey albums and I'm like, ah, these are all good albums but it's not quite what I'm thinking of. And then a, another song came on, I'm like, wait, these are all on the Vision Quest soundtrack CD. Oh, CD. I had it in a cassette tape back in 1985. So, my top four album is 1985, the Vision Quest soundtrack. Soundtracks were a thing, a big thing, especially in the 80s. You know, there are so many amazing movies with great soundtracks. And Vision Quest as a movie wasn't even that great of a movie. But, man, what a great soundtrack.
0: Do you mm.
1: recall that one, Josh?
0: No, I actually don't. Oh, boy. I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to just go. I have mixed feelings on this. Soundtracks seem like a little bit of a cheat. because you
1: know, I thought that, too. But I'm like, hey, it really was an album. It's, and it's kind of a nice sampler album. And it, it, it brings me back in time to exactly where I was listening to these songs. And I... Wore that cassette out. Hmm. So
0: I guess, I guess we'll allow it. Oh, well, <laughs> thank God
1: that Josh allowed it. So I'm going to read the list of songs and then you're going to go, wow, these are great songs, except for one. This one I really don't like. Only the Young by Journey. Hmm. Change by John Waite. Great out. A great song, great song. Shout to the Top by the Style Council that's the one i really feel like "Mm, yeah mm, not so much gambler by madonna she's on the zoom by don henley hungry for heaven by ronnie james dio dio dio
0: i love some dio
1: lunatic fringe by red rider
0: oh i love that song that was one of hey hey, that damn it you're you're all right that was one of my songs on my top lifting songs red rider
1: i'll fall in love again by sammy hagar can't go wrong there yeah uh hot blooded by foreigner
0: oh foreigner sold
1: foreigner and crazy for you by madonna it's a great album and unfortunately if you go on apple music you can't even buy it on apple music you can only buy it in cd form from the original from amazon really um, or you can make yourself a playlist and uh the john Waite song is only well found on youtube because the version that's on um, Apple Music is also is live. It's not right. the um, the The original music video has the greatest rendition of the John Waite song "Change." But this this album just totally takes me back to 1985. You know where I was. I was uh, I was in high school, and you know driving my car. I had this boombox that was uh, Mickey Mouse rigged into my uh, lighter. Because this was the days before um, actual power <laughs> adapters <laughs> worked in your lighters, <laughs> and uh, you know, so I had it. I had this thing rigged into my car so I could have this boombox be playing in my car because I had an eight-track cassette. Remember eight tracks? Yeah, I in do. My actual car, and it didn't work either. So
0: funny. Uh, so yeah. my first uh, my first purchase of music ever was an eight-track. It was at a garage sale. I think I paid like ten cents for it. It was Steve Miller Band.
1: That was a big old jet airplane. Did yep. I have that one? Yes. That was one of my first eight tracks too. But my car was broken, and it would only play track four.
0: <laughs> so it better be good. So, well, <laughs> let, let me see. You know, give, give me a list of your your uh, your eight tracks. Just tell me what track number four is. That's all I need to know <laughs> right now. <laughs>
1: Big old jet airliner for Steve Miller and Toys in the Attic. Um, I, I think half of one song was on there. Uh, Toys in the Attic, I remember was playing on there. Um, but you know, eight track, they were weird. Like sometimes in the middle of a track, the song would like stop and then flip to the next track, play the previous five seconds that you were just listening to and then we'd proceed. Just to, such a lost art, the yeah. eight track. <laughs> I feel like
0: I used to have a whole bunch of them And I, I'm I'm sure I donated them or threw them away I'm sure I didn't throw them away I, I, I definitely didn't throw them away But it, I do wonder like what those things I I don't know I, I don't know what they're worth Like I wonder if they're worth something at this point Maybe in like 20 years they'll be worth a lot I don't know But I do kind of wonder like And honestly I don't remember what all I had either Like I, I did have a good collection of them and uh yeah kind of I, I had multiple eight, tra- eight track players because the same thing like they all worked but they all worked when they felt like working so like i had to go i would just go from one to yeah. the other find the one that was working that day and, and that's what i listened to
1: yep i mean technology has sure changed the uh, yeah. the cassette tape remember having the your cassette tape like get stuck and then you pull and it, it out pulls, and, be and all of it's stuck yeah. in there yeah. you had to like Fix it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But I did have the Vision Quest album soundtrack on on cassette tape. It was amazing.
0: I do still have a lot of my mixtapes, the, uh, the actual cassette tapes somewhere. I don't know where they're at, but I have a good amount of them. Uh, I did, lost art.
1: Making yeah. A
0: yeah.
1: I, I made Dan a, uh, a mix CD when we were first dating. That's that's how you know.
0: That's Even how you know.
1: They connect with
0: your music. (laughs) This is a totally random story, but I went on a date with a girl one time. Believe it or not, I I dated people at some point. But like when I first moved to Atlanta, um, I think I was on like eHarmony or something like that, whatever. Uh, We won't get into that. But uh, this is this is right at the peak of me becoming like really into Foreigner. So literally, and this is how, anyway, I'll just tell the story and people can judge me for themselves, but I basically made her listen. So we sat in the car before we left and I made her listen to three foreigner songs from beginning to end before we left. And I just sat there and watched to see what her reaction was. Now, in hindsight, that's a very weird thing to do. And I'm, I'm really you think so? yeah Like she, she was nice about it, but then obviously she never talked to me again. So I think I pretty much ruined that one. But uh, anyway, that's, oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm regretting actually bringing that up now. So <laughs> it just <it's>, it came <laughs> into my mind and I said it and it's it's done now. So
1: it's out there. Anyway, the whole Internet now knows that yeah. this weird um, guy on Harmony that. <laughs> Sorry. So no, anyway. anymore. He's married. Yep. Congratulations, Hope. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're the big winner. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Uh, yeah. So that's your number four album. Uh, I again. I, I guess I, I love. I love the songs. I love the collection. When when we decided to do an album, I wasn't anticipating music, uh, movie soundtracks, and or greatest hits. But I feel like that's probably a loophole that we should have specified, so oh,
1: okay. so they so you so, I cheated
0: no, so we we never specified, so it's allowed, but I'm saying we should have potentially uh maybe made it a little bit more uh so i'm 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 very much a purist, like like the actual album, like where the songs came out, and things like I don't know whatever purist. anyway, purist yeah,
1: Well, oh, I think um. They- the eighties were so unique in that they had so many soundtracks that were so good that it was kind of a, uh, it's like a time capsule. Yeah. You know? And so I think it's, I think it's valid. So I would have had to argue with you about that. Okay. Um, even though, you know, even a greatest hits album, I'd, I'd almost argue that that's acceptable too. Cause you know, back in the day, uh, my Aerosmith greatest hits that, that album almost made my list. Cause I listened to that until that tape, wore out
0: as well and it just is so sorry wrong wrong i'm always wrong all right let's move on to our submitted top fives from our listeners so we'll just go down the list each week we get more and more people submitting their list so we're just going to go through and read the number three album uh ben green his number three album is guns and roses appetite for destruction thumb up or down
1: I'd go a thumb up on that one. Cause that's a great album.
0: All right. Chris Elmore, Van Halen, 1984.
1: Great album. Um, it wouldn't make my top five because I think Van Halen has better albums.
0: So you give it a uh, kind of half a, up, half down. Mostly
1: up, mostly up,
0: mostly up, like a, like a 45 degree angle, sideways thumbs up.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, nice. it's a, it's a great album. And I, I remember where I was when all that happened. I remember one of my friends throwing a, um, we were listening to the album and she threw this piece of hardware and it hit me in the head and it really hurt. That's what I remember about 1984. I don't know why getting hit in the head by hardware. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: was great. All right. Cindy Yeager, number three, queen, greatest hits.
1: See, there's your, your greatest hits caveat, but I'd have to give that one a thumbs up as well. Although would most of those songs come out in the eighties with the seventies.
0: So that's, that's the thing. That's the loophole. Some of those songs came out in the seventies, but the that album came out in the eighties. In the
1: eighties, and you know, Queen had such longevity. You know, you can't thumbs down that one. You just can't. No, nope. great album.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, again, I, I would, in hindsight, I would not have allowed a greatest hits to be one of the one of the things. But, but then again, you you say that it should be, so I, I would lose that argument anyway. So whatever. Anyway, uh, Stacey Metcalf, Def Leppard, Hysteria.
1: Great album. I argue that Def Leppard, Pyromania is a better album. Was that First 80s? Time. That was. It was mm. early 80s. Early AF 80s. Early AF. Great album. But Hysteria is a great album, too. I, it just feels a little um, more mainstream to me than Pyromania.
0: Yeah. Uh, Chris Elmore is watching live and he says greatest hit albums don't count. (laughs) Noted Elmore.
1: Uh, Josh Rohr agrees with you. Yeah. yeah. Clearly.
0: Yeah. Amy Pancake, Van Halen, 1984, which is the same album that Chris Elmore has selected as number three. Crazy. Coincidence. Hmm. And you gave that a 45 degree thumbs up. Is that what it was? I, I give it a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up still. Okay. All the way. Uh, Stephen Fortenberry, Megadeth, Peace sells, but who's dying? Who's Who's buying? buying? Who's buying?
1: I mean, that sounds like something Megadeth would say, but um, that's a great album. I'm almost mad that I didn't think about it, but um.
0: yeah. So some of these, this is what's interesting. Some of the submissions, um, the the later submissions have been kind of more of the, you know, the Megadeth, Metallica type. Type music that we don't traditionally pick when we talk about our eighties and power ballots and stuff, but it's still an eighties album and it's still Mm -hmm. a great album. So I, yeah, I I agree with that one. Um, And our newest submission came from Eric Cordero up in Boston. Um, Or Maybe he's not in Boston. He's the Massachusetts state chair, I believe. Uh, His number three is sheer terror. Just can't hate enough. And I and I'm not familiar with
1: that. I got to say I'm not either. Um, and now that it's made his list, I feel like I, I need to go listen to that. Yeah, we're gonna have to. So his list. That, yeah, it, we're gonna have to. listen to.
0: We will have more input on that next week because yeah. I'm gonna have to look into that as well. Um, but fun, fun side note: uh, along with his, um, along with his submissions, he sent me a lot of trivia that I'm going to read straight from his, uh, his direct message. So starts off back in black trivia, even though, and I guess because some of our listeners selected back in black for their number five or four, uh, myself included, but he goes back in black trivia, even though Agnes has always shot it down, most likely Bon Scott wrote some of, if not all of the lyrics for hell's bells and have a drink on me, which makes sense because they seem very much, like something he would write. He died in February, 1980, and they recorded Back in Black like two months later. Hmm. Interesting. Um, And another uh, side note, he wrote, uh, 1984 is arguably the best year for albums in that decade across all genres. Hmm.
1: I'd have to look. It's slicing that year up that's interesting
0: yeah I I haven't broken it down by year but that's uh it's a possibility so I'm I'm just thinking like basically of some of the albums that we've already listed so uh Out of the Cellar by Rat was 1984 that was that was yours last uh your number five Purple Rain from Prince was 1985
1: Van Halen 1984 was
0: I'm sorry, purple rain was 1984.
1: I, I, Why'd I say yeah. 1985?
0: We're talking about yeah. 1984. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, Van Halen's 1984 was in
1: 1984.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know I have to that'd be an interesting. Maybe when maybe when all these lists are done and we reveal all of the albums, we'll have to like compare years from all of them and mm-hmm. and see. So I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't either confirm nor nor deny. Man, Elmore's all over our, our comments here. All right, so that was the best Megadeth Megadeth album from Elmore, and he also said Back in Black came out in July, and agreed Bon Scott probably wrote a lot of the lyrics. All right. Elmore is the uh, oh yeah you missed last week's episode you haven't I listened did. to it yet you haven't even mm. listened to it yet so Elmore yeah. Elmore is basically a encyclopedia. And he he did all kinds of research and was going on and on like with all these facts and stats and
1: Well, uh, I'll was, have to go back and listen to our uh, own podcast. <laughs> I can't stand listening to the ones that we've recorded because I can't stand listening to my own voice. But since I'm not there, perfect. Yeah,
0: I actually like listening to myself
1: talk. That's not surprising.
0: <laughs> not really. It's <laughs> I, I really can't stand it either, but it's it's all right. All right, so let's uh, let's move ahead to the powerlifting situation, and I'll ask you the question this time. So heading into third deadlifts, you're in third place. You can go conservative, average, or aggressive with your third attempt deadlift. A miss means you will likely finish in fourth or fifth place. Again, you're currently in third. So you can go with a conservative approach, which would be a small jump, and basically secure third place, and we'll say you have a 90% chance to make that lift. Mm -hmm. You can go with an average jump, um, an average selection, which would move you into second if you make it, and you have a 60% chance to make it. But again, if you miss fourth or fifth place finish. Or you can go with an aggressive jump, which would be a pretty big jump, and you would move you into first place with roughly a 20% chance of making it again if you miss you move into fourth or fifth which one would you pick aggressive you would pick aggressive
1: aggressive hands down 20 percent, good odds
0: yeah no matter it's
1: it's the third even if sorry i'll let you defend your answer before it well it's the third attempt and this is why the total matters and you're you're not there to get um second or third place um you know if you Try it and miss and get fourth place. At least you tried it. Uh, I just hands down, it would be aggressive. Now, if you said aggressive, you have two percent chance of making it. i might be like, ah, eh, yeah, that's too aggressive. You know, let's bump it down to be average and learn to lift uh, better and take it as experience and go for second place. But uh, I would no, no means go for conservative because um, that's what the meat is for—is to compete. Um, but 20% seems like pretty good odds and third deadlift. You're pretty hyped up. Let's go.
0: So 20%, that means 80% chance you miss. That's still Correct. good odds to you.
1: Yes. Still good odds to me. Okay. I think I've, I think I've come against these odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you, true.
1: And, uh, there was definitely one that I, I, um, you know, made a decent, an average jump and missed and still got second, yeah. but at least I tried Yeah.
0: So I, I I have a little bit of a different thought process here. Um, only because when I write these, I also think of all these little outlier scenarios just to argue. So I was going to argue whichever opposite of whichever you said. So I would, depending on this, on the, on the competition. So let's say it's regionals, right. And how regionals works is if you get top three in your weight class, you get a 50 kilo, uh, addition to your total in terms of qualifying total so if your goal is to qualify for nationals and you need to make sure you get top three and your total is big enough that that 50 kilos carries you into nationals then i would go conservative and live to qualify for nationals Mm -hmm. now if we're at let's say a a nationals I think I would go with the average jump because two reasons. One, you want to be a, you, you probably, your goal is to, is to win for sure, but your secondary goal is probably to try to make the national team. So if you go aggressive and miss, then you end up fourth or fifth. You're not going to make the national team. I think, going average and getting second is probably going to put you in a pretty good position to make as an alternate. And with a 60% chance to make the lift, I think I like those odds a little bit more than 20%. And, you know, I think in that situation, conservative probably isn't, isn't going to do anything for us. Um, You know, some people might argue that they want to medal, and that's really all they care about. So if that's the case, again, that's going to be an individual lifter um, you know, preference you know if they really just care about meddling then we may go that route but i'm always leaning i'm always in general i'm a more aggressive style uh, attempt selector um I, I just don't like the odds with a 20 percent chance to make it to move into first and again here, here's the other uh the, the other wording of all of this that's to move into first that doesn't guarantee that you get first um and that was done that, that was done intentionally because that that implies that there's still lifters after you Um, so, so I, you know, I, I think, you know, a regional meet, I would probably go conservative to, to guarantee the, to guarantee the spot at nationals and at a national meet, I'd probably go average. Um, and the only reason that I would do those is because of the, the chance of moving down into fourth or fifth. If you had nothing to lose, absolutely. You go aggressive. If, if you're not going to, if you're not going to finish below, below third, no matter what happens, put it on the bar. Um, but with this, this, uh, high probability that you're going to finish in fourth or fifth if you miss, I think you, you play the odds a little more in your favor in that scenario. Mm.
1: Very tricky, Josh. Yes. Very well thought out. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. finesse, nice. Very nice. Hmm.
0: Cool.
1: Okay. I'd have to agree with that.
0: Yeah.
1: That's but I, thinking.
0: I don't think there's, I don't think anybody can say any of these are wrong. Because, because again, even, even if, you know, let's say even if you you would go aggressive, but if you're coaching somebody that all they care about is getting a a medal at the meet, well, you're probably going to adapt what you would do for yourself to more what their goals are too. So I think, you know, it's a, it's an individual preference. There are no wrong answers as long as you can defend it well.
1: (laughs) As long as it's not a greatest hits album.
0: As long as it's not a greatest hits album or, or a movie soundtrack. Yeah. All right. Our new lifter tip from Saturday, train with the correct equipment. For example, Velcro belts are often used by new power lifters coming from CrossFit or weightlifting. Uh, but Velcro belts are not allowed in powerlifting competition. So it's important to know the requirements and practice with the correct equipment. So you know what it'll feel like on the platform.
1: Absolutely. I think it's, yeah, I mean, and how many times have you seen somebody showing up to a powerlifting meet at equipment check with a Velcro belt?
0: Yep, a lot. And wearing something new on meet day is never a good, a good idea. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, just knowing the rules, like, you know what you can wear and what you can't and practice with it.
1: Absolutely. Because just making little adjustments can make things feel completely different. And you want Meet Day to feel exactly like training as much as it, you can. So yeah. it it's definitely makes sense to train with the right equipment. Um, you know, if you always wear weightlifting shoes for squatting, squat every time with weightlifting shoes. Use the right belt, use the right wrist wraps, and, you know, start out that way. And so you can just con- keep continuing, doing anything different on meet day is just not a great idea. Agreed. And just getting used to your equipment just takes a while, so that your your brain starts picking up the this feels the same, this feels the same, like over and over and over, this feels the same. Yep. So, True. Yeah. And I, I, it breaks my heart when people show up to um, powerlifting meets with a Velcro belt, and you're like, no, you can't use this. What do you mean I can't use this? Well. Yeah, it's
0: just not. Yeah.
1: Acceptable. So. Yep. Yep. There you yep. go. Well. So. At least we're in agreement there.
0: Yeah. So uh, we'll end with a little bit of just reminder that the Georgia State Championship meet is not this coming weekend, but next weekend, April twenty fourth and twenty fifth at No Excuses CrossFit in Suwanee, Georgia. Come check that out. It should be a good meet. Um, that's pretty much all I have. How about you?
1: That's all I got. I will say I, I moved last week, but my powerlifting rack is already set up.
0: Awesome, of course. You don't so, know where your clothes are, you I don't have no know. idea where my clothes are.
1: I can't say I've trained, but uh, it, it is set up and we are ready to train. Perfect. Um, my my squat shoes, I'm not sure where they are. I could probably bench because. <laughs> Moving. It's just so discombobulating, but you know, at least the power rack is secured and the weight trees have weights on them and we can go.
0: So you got your internet up so you can record the podcast and you got your, you got your equipment
1: set up. Don't have internet. How are you on? How are you? Oh, this is your old house. Got it.
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) yeah. so much for that.
1: Yeah. Nice try.
0: So, so you got (laughs) your (laughs) rack set up. (laughs) (laughs) I've
1: got my rack set up, but I have no internet. So Awesome priorities. We priorities. are rural America. So that is the trick. Awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll call it there. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at PL Ballads podcast, or shoot us an email, submit us your top five '80s albums at PL Ballads podcast at gmail.com later. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.